Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, maximum capacity. The lines in London so long for mourners paying their respects to the Queen. People are now turned away as new details are revealed about Monday's funeral plans. Plus, our exclusive look at what King Charles had to say about his future as reigning monarch when he was just 20 years old. Then, tracking Fiona. Al's got an eye on the storm brewing in the Atlantic and the weather you need to watch out for this weekend. Plus, Say You Wanna Dance, a new trailer released overnight for the long-awaited Whitney Houston biopic. A first look at the star-studded cast, including the actress bringing one of music's biggest names to the big screen. Today, Friday, September 16th, 2022. Starting the weekend. On the plaza. From Fayetteville, Georgia. Sergeant Bluff, Iowa. And Edmonds, Washington. Today, I turned 30. Trip from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Shout out to TCU. In Fort Worth, Texas. Go Rocks! Birmingham, Alabama. For Rally Sweet 16. Friday morning, we have a fantastic oh. crowd out there. It's 8 o'clock. Let's get to the news. The outpouring of affection and respect for Queen Elizabeth is so great. People hoping to view her coffin in person had to be turned away overnight. The line has gotten that long. In the meantime, Buckingham Palace has released more details about Monday's state funeral. Today's senior international correspondent, Keir Simmons, is at Westminster Abbey, where that service will take place. Keir, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. 2,000 people, including President Biden, expected at the service here behind me. But before that, my goodness, those lines, 14 hours, five miles long. You're right, Savannah, they've had to suspend those lines because they are at capacity. Meanwhile, King Charles in Wales finishing his tour of the United Kingdom. And then, and he is busy in the wake of his mother's passing, he will come back here to London to hold another vigil around her casket with all of her children there. And then Savannah, tomorrow, her grandchildren will hold a vigil, including William and Harry. And the news this morning, Savannah, that the king has said that Harry will be able to wear his uniform for that moment. Savannah, finally, let me just show you the route of that solemn procession on Monday. This is where Charles, William and Harry will walk from Westminster Hall there, where her body is lying in state. And just further around, you can see that gate there. That is where people are emerging, having paid their respects to the Queen. They are saying, despite those extraordinary long waits, that it is worth it, that it is quite majestic in there as they walk in, see her casket, bow or, or curtsy. Just a few seconds for a Queen who gave so many years to this country, Savannah. An incredible homage to the Queen. Care, thank you. And a programming note, we will have complete coverage of Monday's funeral. Hoda and I will be there live in London alongside Lester Holt, and we'll get started early, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Let's move now to the battle over border crossings as another Republican governor in the 
South transfers migrants to an area con controlled by Democrats without warning. The latest sending dozens of Venezuelans to the small island of Martha's Vineyard. NBC's Emily Akete is there for us. Hey, Emily, what's the latest there? Hoda, good morning. Migrants are just waking up from their second night here at St. Andrews as the scramble by officials and volunteers continues to help them establish their next steps. Many of the migrants we've heard from say they were not aware that Martha's Vineyard was their destination. They had immigration appointments in other parts of the country, but they consistently underscore their appreciation for the outpouring of help here, help with food, help with clothing, shelter, and even uh, medical and, and assistance with their health. Uh, the nearly 50 Venezuelans migrants are at the center of a fierce political debate over immigration, just escalated by several Republican governors. Uh, the planes that landed here at a nearby airport were sent and arranged by Florida Governor Republican Ron DeSantis. He follows in the footsteps of other Republicans, including Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who has sent thousands of migrants, bused them to other parts of the country, most recently to our nation's capital, just outside of the vice president's residence, Kamala Harris. More than 100 people sent there uh, just yesterday. Republicans say the record-breaking influx at the southern border is putting a strain on those states, and they shouldn't be the only ones that have to shoulder the burden. But Democrats say they're using humans, these migrants, as political pawns. And President Biden condemned the move as cruel and a, a political play. I'll add this, guys, before I send it back. Several Democratic le leaders have called on the Department of Justice to investigate the legality of the governor's recent actions. Guys, back to you. All right, Emily Aketa Forrest there in Martha's Vineyard. Emily, thank you. Well, major credit card companies are going to start using a new code to keep track of sales at gun stores. Merchant category codes, or MCCs, are already used for other types of businesses, from grocery stores to hotels. However, when it comes to firearms, critics fear a loss of privacy. CNBC anchor and New York Times columnist Andrew Ross Sorkin is here to break it all down for us. So, I mean, just walk us through how this new rule is, is going to work and what sort of effect do we think this may have on gun sales? Okay, so when you look at major mass shootings in America, the deadliest mass shootings since 2007, yeah. a majority of the shooters bought their guns and all the other paraphernalia with credit cards. And in many cases, they could not have bought the guns without the credit cards, meaning they didn't have the actual cash. Uh. Mm -hmm. We have had no way to track all of this. Credit card companies, banks which we have used to protect us against domestic terrorism since 9-11, mm -hmm. human trafficking, banks do lots of things to, to help law enforcement. But they've never been able to actually see whether someone's gone into a gun store. It's been considered general merchandise. Uh. So now, for the first time, if you walk into a gun store, use a credit card for guns, and the pattern is suspicious, and that's important. This is not trying to prevent people from buying guns completely, though there's now going to be a big political debate about this when it comes to privacy and everything else. But it potentially could spot unusual patterns, and the patterns are clear when you look at back and when you go back and look at some of the, the previous shootings. Well, let's talk about that debate because it's yep. going to spark a debate. Some gun owners will probably think, well, wow, this will be a huge database of every single person who buys guns. The government will have access to that. Yep. Other people will probably say, well, this would save lives. We need to know this information. That's exactly the debate that we're seeing. The NRA has already started to move on this. There's a number of red states that are pushing against this. Even the credit card companies themselves have been very anxious about yeah. this. People inside the companies haven't really wanted to do this. This has been pushed by a number of people. And I should say, in full disclosure, I wrote columns about this in 2018 after Parkland. I started as a business reporter, started to think about the connection between business sure. and Wall yeah. Street 
and these shootings and how to prevent them. And this was one of the ideas that I presented in a column then that now four years later is being implemented. Mm-hmm. Andrew, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Thanks Andrew. Andrew. Thank you. We're going to shift gears now. We'll talk about a jersey worn by superstar Michael Jordan in game one of the 1998 NBA Finals. Well, guess what? It just sold <laughs> for more than $10 billion. Jordan won his sixth and last championship that season, which was, of course, immortalized in the documentary series The Last Dance. Well, Sotheby's auction house, they didn't expect it a big bid. They thought it'd be in the three to five million range. The previous record for an NBA jersey had been 3.7 wow. million paid last year for a jersey worn by the late Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. during his rookie season. But with Jordan, I guess the price just went up in wow. a big, big way. 10.1, <laughs> worth every dime. Yeah. <laughs> worth every dime. Collector's item. Yeah. Man, uh, still ahead here on a Friday morning, a piece of television history. We're going to celebrate 50 years of MASH, one of the most beloved and popular shows of all time. But first, our friend Wilfred Frost will join us from London and share his father's conversations with Prince Charles, one when he was just 20 years old, when he was considering his future and what his future reign might look like. We'll have that right after this. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. He would lie his way into their dreams. He was looking for James Bond girls. How fun would that be to be a Bond girl? Then twist them into a nightmare. This guy has done this before. He'll do it again. Until a group of women banded together to put him behind bars and keep him there. You have to participate fiercely, fiercely in what happens next. I'm Keith Morrison, and this is Murder in the Hollywood Hills, an all-new podcast from Dateline. All episodes of Murder in the Hollywood Hills are available now. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Welcome back. As we reflect on the legacy of the Queen this week, we're also looking ahead, of course, at what's in store for the new monarchy. Our friend Wilfred Frost, who's an NBC News contributor, Sky News anchor, joins us from London. As you know, Wilfred's father, the late Sir David Frost, was a legendary journalist in the United Kingdom. And during his career, he interviewed eight British wow. prime ministers, seven American presidents, including Richard Nixon, one of his most talked about conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, he also sat down with the Prince of Wales, now King Charles. Wilfred, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, it's good to see you. You know, it's it's funny. The Queen never gave any interviews. Prince Charles only gave a few, and one of them happened to be for your father. Yeah, and two of them, in fact. And uh, Savannah and I were talking about that earlier in the week. So I, I went back into the archives to, to watch the two of them and uh, pulled out a, a couple of clips that I think might be relevant to giving us just an idea of, of the type of king he might be. Do you feel, I mean, that, for instance, duty is a different thing for a member of the royal family than it is for the rest of us? Yes, it's... I would probably define it as being um, something you have to do, uh, something you feel you ought to do, without particularly wanting to do it. I think perhaps this is what duty is, you know, for most people. But 
duty for other people uh, is very often one that they feel they have a duty towards a community at large or a certain community. Um, but I feel that the royal, a royal duty, in a way, is, is slightly more inbred. It has to be. I mean, it has to be trained, in a way. And uh, I think, um, in this sense, it's slightly different. You have a, a wider and more permanent duty, in the sense that you can't really relinquish it just, you know, when you want to. Whereas I think you might be able to if you're an ordinary person. So guys, that was uh, in 1969 when the then Prince of Wales was just 20. It was on the eve of his investiture when he formally uh, became uh, Prince of Wales and, uh, you know, touching on a topic of duty at such a young age. Mm. Yes, I, it was quite telling the way he mm -hmm. talked about it too because the subtext is, you know, there was no choice. Duty right. when you're a member of the royal family mm -hmm. is, is not something that you can easily turn down. And now we see him as king all these years later. Now, the next interview that your father, Sir David Frost, conducted was many, many years later in the 90s. Tell us about that. Yeah, and so this was in 1997. It was uh, just before Princess Diana died for context, because uh, that year obviously evokes uh, other memories. And I found this one to be relevant because it, he's talking here about one of his charities. And there's been such debate in the last week about whether he would remain uh, impartial now that uh, he is a king and uh, assumed to the throne. In particular here, he's talking about the Prince's Trust, probably the most famous charity he formed that aims to better the chances of disadvantaged youths. This is the essence of what you're doing here, of what you see as a, a, a contributing monarchy, isn't it? Yes, I mean, I, I've just um, developed this particular uh, approach myself because that's what I wanted to do, and I happen to mind about a whole range of issues, as, 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 mm. as I think you may know. And this has happened to be the way that I've chosen to, to do it. As you know, there's, there's, there's no set role, I, I, but I feel... I've always felt that I wanted to make a particular contribution while I found myself in this particular position. And when you become king, would you hope that Prince William would take on the Prince's Trust? Or <laughs> it's yes, a bit... it would be nice to, to, to... I think the great thing is that there's, that there's something there for him to, 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 to look at. And if he, if he has a particular interest in this area, well, absolutely. And, of course, uh, in his address to the nation just a week ago from Buckingham Palace, speaking of his uh, charitable interests, the king did say uh, that the work would go on in the trusted hands uh, of others. We don't know yet whether that will be Prince William or, in fact, could be Prince Harry or, or one of their cousins. Uh, but this charity in particular, the Prince's Trust, has achieved so much, it seems inconceivable mm -hmm. it, it would be shut down. I do just think when people wonder about if he'd been a bit political, often we're only talking about him sharing his passion about these types of causes, helping disadvantaged youths. It's a topic that really unites people rather than uh, divides them and I'm sure would unite whichever one of his uh, family he picks to, to take on the charity next. And in the moments we have left, Wilfred, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the history between your father, Sir David mm -hmm. Frost, and the royal family, and we say Sir David Frost because he was in fact knighted by the Queen. A word on that. Well, yes, I mean, I remember the time when he, he told us that he was going to be knighted. He was incredibly, incredibly proud about it, much more so than, uh, than any other awards he ever got in his, his life. And I, I was lucky enough to attend the ceremony, but was quite young, age seven, so I don't remember it specifically. But as time passed, uh, and certainly this week more than ever, you know, I reflect on the fact 
that my dad was knighted by the Queen, mm. and it's something that you know makes me incredibly, incredibly proud. Do you know what he? He always said that those three interviewees that escaped him, the Queen, Fidel Castro, uh, and Pope John Paul II, mm. he was really annoyed he missed out on the latter two, but totally respected the fact that he missed out on the first uh, because uh, she didn't want to give any interviews at all. And I, I doubt uh, King Charles will from here. Wow, interesting. Wow. All right, Wilfred, we look forward to seeing you there in London on Monday during our coverage of the Queen's funeral. Thanks, Wilfred. This is why I always call Wilfred yeah. Frost almost royalty. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> the son of Sir David Frost, uh, who's part of British mm -hmm. media royalty for mm -hmm. sure. Let's go to Al and get a check of the weather, Al. And had an Emmy Award-winning talk show here in America as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the, remember, everybody looked forward to the David Frost interviews. Well, right now we're looking toward Tropical Storm Fiona. It's currently 175 miles east of Guadalupe, 50-mile-per-hour winds. It's moving west steadily at 15 miles per hour. Comes across the Leeward Islands tomorrow morning, Puerto Rico bringing upwards of 10 inches of rain. Then the Dominican Republic, it could be looking at anywhere from 10 to 15 inches of rain. By Wednesday morning, it's threatening the Bahamas. And as we look ahead, the, we put what we call the spaghetti plots, all the models, right now, still too early to tell whether it's going to affect the eastern U.S., but we will continue to track this right on through the weekend. That is your latest weather. Best time of the Come morning on. on a Friday. Pop, 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 pop start. On, Here we Jacob. go, ladies and Take gentlemen. It. Whitney Houston, first yeah. up. Uh, the first trailer for the movie about the legendary singer's life just dropped i want to dance with somebody tells the story of one of the greatest voices of our time with actress naomi aki taking on the role of whitney houston you might have noticed wow you see stanley tucci yeah, here? Yes. he's clive davis he plays oh. the legendary record producer oh, of obviously famously known for discovering whitney houston i want to dance with somebody hits theaters December 21st. That's, that's going to be so good. That's Jacob, that was worth every second of Short Pop one. Start. We liked it. All right, coming up, guys, the third hour of today.